Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry Podcast, episode 80. I'm comedian Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, and today, the Midland Circuit. As part of my attempts to expand the podcast out of the vortex that is the London scene, I've been trying to cover more Midlands-based promoters and Scottish promoters. I've been loving covering the London scene, but I know the circuit is so much more wide and diverse than that. And as a result, I got on the phone to Sam and Jeff at the Leicester Comedy Festival, and they have put in a lot of time and effort, as well as myself, to put on another live podcast that happened at the Leicester Comedy Festival this year. Can't thank them enough. They're amazing. They do such great work, above and beyond the call of duty of what their festival requires, but that's why it's an amazing festival. I pulled together a list of influential people from the Midlands scene, all of whom have very different roles but help keep the wheels turning in their own way. This episode is perfect for anyone interested in finding out more about the Midlands scene, what goes on behind the scenes, as well as any comedians who want to start gigging up there and don't know where to start. There's also a bit of chatting about competitions, promoting gigs and solo shows, as well as whether TV credits really matter up there. It's just a really well-rounded episode. It's another one like last one with Vladimir, which is just more in keeping with the original tone of the show and original premise of what I was going for. There's a bit of just chatting about other comedians. I just, I loved talking to them because there's so much community up there and there's so much support for starting nights and starting festivals and just everyone wants to help out and everyone wants everybody to do well up there. And it feels so parallel to London where everyone feels just a little bit ruthless and a little bit cutthroat and a little bit... I don't know. And we, we get into it in here. It, you know, we said several times in this, they, they said it and I said it, that there seems to be two different circuits, the national circuit and the London circuit. And it's uh, it's interesting that they've picked up on that. Even the promoters who never really go down there. I hope you enjoy that. I hope it gives you a bit more of a perspective uh, of the country as a whole. If you would like to know when our next live pod will be, which will probably be in Edinburgh at this point, in the fringe in August, but... I don't know, I haven't sorted out any dates for that yet, but I would like to do a couple when I'm up there. If you want to know more about those and when they're going to be, please join the Ask the Industry Podcast Facebook group. Just type in Ask the Industry Podcast on Facebook, obviously, and join up and you'll be the first to know when new episodes come out, when guests are announced, when you can ask your questions to them. So loads of reasons to join up to the Facebook group if you're enjoying this kind of content. Very quickly, 
I just wanted to tell you about some dates that I'm performing live. So if you wanted to come down and support me in real life, that's a way of doing it. And you can also drop a donation in the bucket if it's a bucketed show or just slip it into my hand if you don't want to put it into the bucket and want to have two separate transactions for the content that I provided either online or in real life. God, that sounded clinical. I'm sorry. The dates you should be interested in for this month are the 11th, 18th and 25th, basically the next three Thursdays in May. I'm doing the Brighton Fringe, but I'm also doing the Friday, the 26th in Brighton at the Carolina Brunswick. All the Thursday shows start at 7.30pm, the Friday show starts at 6.15pm, and all the details are on my website. So if you have a look in the show notes, you should be able to see it there, or you can go to simonkane.co.uk forward slash laughter is the best placebo. If you're not down on the coast and you're more up in the sort of Midlandsy region, I'm also doing a work in progress in Derby, at the Derby Fringe, on Saturday the 13th of May. Again, all the details are on my website, but it's at 7pm, and you can just reserve your ticket or whatever on the website so please come please support me there that would be invaluable and just amazingly helpful and it's also bloody lovely to meet people from the podcast so please do come down and support me if you can i'm not going to introduce anyone at the end of this intro i'm going to let them all do it when we start the podcast so thank you very much for listening to the intro without any more delays this was our second live recording at the leicester comedy festival hello oh, right. um, um, thank you very much for coming everyone that's very kind of you um i'm just going to get everyone to go around and just explain who they are just in case uh, you've not met them before or because there's been a slight change to the lineup and stuff so so, um, left to right, right to left, who wants to start? Oh, yeah, me. Go on then, mate. I'm, I'm Red Redmond, um, a comedian, drag queen, comedy promoter. I run Dead Cat, uh, which is, we're at Brewdog during the Leicester Comedy Festival. Um, and I think that's, that's me, innit? Oh, I'm based in the Northwest, if that helps. Uh, I'm Adam Rushton, former comedian, promoter, uh, now agent. I went across to the dark side. I run a rush to laughter comedy management, and I am the idiot who's responsible for Facebook Comedy Forum. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I'm Alex Hilton, uh, I'm a comedian based in Leicester, but uh, I'm also one half of the Jokes on Us Free Festival uh, with this man here, which is a Pay What You Want side of the Leicester Comedy Festival over at Manhattan, the Exchange and the South House. Uh, I'm Dave McGookin, I am the other side of the Jokes on Us Free Festival, as briefly alluded to. Uh, used to run comedy and cocktails at Manhattan 34 here in Leicester as well. That's me. Uh, I'm Glenn Gandy. I run Blue Giraffe Comedy Club based in Wolverhampton with my lovely partner, wife there, Jo. And that's it really. Nice and simple. I think what would be really good is if we start off and explain what's unique about what your setup is and, and why you started something completely separate instead of just going with what was in your area. Oh, me again. <laughs> Well, so when it comes to like comedy promoting, so I run a company called Dead Cat. Uh, it all started because I was working with a lot of comedians that were coming up into paid work, who I thought were doing very well, but we weren't able to sort of get uh, stage time to do sort of longer sets, and I think that's what we all needed to get better. Um, so I ran sort of pay what you want shows around the Manchester area. Yeah, that, that's basically how Dead Cat started, and since then uh, we run regular shows in Manchester, Doncaster. Uh, we do Leicester Comedy Festival uh, and I run tour shows around the Manchester area as well that's how that's developed and then on the performance side I've been a comedian since 2008 uh, but in the last two years I've, I've developed uh, a new act called uh, Scarlet So Handsome which is a drag, uh, drag act arguably the UK's number one uh, comedian and drag queen I'll have you know because uh, <laughs> there aren't many of us um, and yeah so that, that's basically what I've been working on uh, recently I was a comic 
decided to start running gigs because basically, like most people who start running gigs, I wanted stage time at the time, I wanted to learn how to compare. Also, whenever I used to talk to my friends and I used to mention comics, we go, is he on telly? And I go, no, be on telly, no. Never heard of him. I'm like, oh, have you not heard of this comic? So I wanted to bring something to my hometown. And then, through circumstances, about a year and a half ago, I lost my mum, decided I fell out of love with performing. And all through my career, and people like Red kept saying to me, you should be an agent, you should be an agent, you should be an agent, you should be an agent. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I am <laughs> quite obsessive with stuff and decided I'll go across to the dark side, and that's where I find myself now. Um, I've aged 10 years. <laughs> uh, I've got 12 acts, uh, I'm ready for kids. And uh, that's, um, that's about it, yeah. It was a brilliant idea, fantastic and amazing. So, uh, so as a performer, I just wanted to be a comedian just because throughout the same with everyone does because I've got a big ego. But, uh, <laughs> but as the reason the jokes and us were set up, uh, I, I ran the free festival in Leicester for a year out of one venue. And then Dave was running the venue next door and we had a little bit of a chat. And I think. First off, I wanted to start running shows in Leicester because it was the city that I lived in. Leicester Comedy Festival was like this awesome thing that you wanted to get involved in and wanted to contribute to and be a part of it. It wasn't necessarily a try just to do something different, just to be a little bit part of its very rapid growth. But I think the reason we feel the free festival is important is we're the only venue here, it's completely free. You can turn up for a show and not have to pay for it. Everything is paying what you want. I think we make it, we wanted to make it more accessible. So Leicester Comedy Festival can be expensive. If every show is eight pounds, and it's 18, 19 days long, it does become expensive. And I think if you've got £100 to spend on it over a month, awesome, well done, but times are hard. I think last year, Leicester was the second poorest city in the UK. We wanted to make it a little bit more open to everyone. And people, we have regulars now. We've got maybe like 15, 20, 30 regulars that you kind of see it a show every couple of days, maybe put 50p in the bucket, but they've got to be part of something, they've got to see a really cool festival show, and that means a lot. That said, we also make sure that we're getting the couples that put the 20 quid in the bucket, so the acts aren't left out of pocket. And I guess that's, is that fair, I think? I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I got into comedy by accident twice. <laughs> I, I, I studied at De Montfort University, I did a drama degree because I'm an idiot. I focused on comedy for like my final year for my dissertation. And while I was doing that, um, an act called Chris Norman Walker, who everyone at this table knows and has just gone, huh? Uh, <laughs> tricked me into doing a set at a horrible, horrible, horrible pub in Leicester called The Huntsman, where we all nearly died. But we got out alive. And that was, and that was like, like, this is the kind of, it has barbed wire on Do you the want doors. to elaborate on that, mate? The, the bar, <laughs> right, so, so essentially, they, uh, Chris, I think Chris promoted this gig in this, in this bar, and there was, there was two sets of audience. There were the people who came because they knew the comedians who were doing it, and then there were the people who were there anyway, because it was Friday, and they'd all finished work in various, oh, love those like, gigs. various, like, real jobs, like builders and things. And like, this pub has, well at the time, had like barbed wire around the doors. Like, it was one of those pubs. Like, it's one of oh, those Oh, one of those pubs. pubs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The kind those of pubs, pubs, the kind of pubs that I hadn't seen since I'd moved out of Northern Ireland. Um, <laughs> and the only reason why I got through the set alive was because I said that on stage. Uh, and the, the owner of the bar laughed, and I was fine then. But um, yeah, that was, that was awful. So I did that for a couple of years while I was sort of still finishing uni. And then when I left uni, I stopped doing stand-up because I got a job in a bar and had no time in evenings. And then when I got out of that job, I got tricked into doing a gig at Comedy and Cocktails when it was run by the previous owner, and who then gave it to me when he decided he didn't want to do it anymore, which is how I ended up running that. 
I've just been tricked. I keep being tricked into doing things that mean I don't get to go home. Essentially, that's, that's my life. The year that Alex ran Jokes on Us, Just in the Exchange, I had a show with the former guy who ran Comedy and Cocktails called Dan Wabang in Manhattan 34, and there were a couple of other people who I knew through Comedy and Cocktails who had shows there, but nobody was actually running the venue. Like The venue staff were just accepting people who asked if they had space at a date and time. Yeah. So we were turning up, I was turning up to like help tech shows or to be in shows and finding that the show that was in there previously had left the room weird and like the stage was at the wrong end of the building and that kind of thing. And looked at what Alex had done next door and went, originally went to him for advice as to how to like put myself in a position where I could run Manhattan 34 for the year. And we just ended up hooking up together to do both venues and then got the sign house involved as well, essentially. But I've always been, like when I took over, comedy and cocktails used to be a pound to get in, which meant that if you had 30 people, you got 30 pounds, which wasn't enough to pay six acts, anything more than a fiver. So I changed it to pay what you want because I knew that then people would be more encouraged to give more as a result because they were getting in for free. If they had a really good night, they'd be more likely to give a fiver rather than coming down, paying a pound and being, I only paid a pound for that, that was really good. Bye! So I ended up going from having 30 people and making 30 pounds to having 30 people and maybe taking you know, up to 100 pounds and being able to share that amongst the acts and go, here is, here is money for all of you for coming and doing this, thanks very much. I think as well with, with it being pay what you want, it's a lot easier to sell it as a quality product. Yeah. So I think it's, we recommend it's like buying the show a drink. So I always say it to people at Manhattan 34, is if you want to buy the show a pint, if you enjoyed it, a pint is four pounds. If you really enjoyed it, a bottle of wine is 10 pounds. If yeah. you didn't enjoy it, a lime and soda is a quid. I think it's the way that, that we pitch it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think if you say it's a one pound comedy show, people go, oh, it's only a quid, it must be shit. And actually, if you say it's pay what you want, pay what you feel you can, and that accessible makes it accessible, but also kind of makes it leaves mm-hmm. open. And we've had acts that have had buckets this festival, about 180 quid, I think it's the highest one. Yeah. Isn't bad for a preview, for a work in progress of a show. My, my bucket speech has always been, all we ask for is the price of a pint. In London, so 30, 40 quid. Great. I got into it because Joe brought me a ticket to go down to see um, Tom Stade at Frankie People's Comedy Club. Quality act. Yeah, and it, like, it was my idol sort of thing. And like I say, when I went to the, the hut, it's just a little room, little room, 50 yeah. seats. And like, I was thinking, what's this? I'd never, I'd never been to comedy like that before. I'd always been to big theatres and that. So we got into it, and then at the end of it, Tom comes to talk to us and everything else, which is like, oh! <laughs> you know what I mean? One of them. And I, I realised then, I got, got friends with Frankie Peoples, got a good, good friends with people, started going to all these nights, seeing how accessible comedians was and everything else. And then I got to know Gareth Berliner. I decided I, I could do it because it's easy. Standing on stage, making people laugh. Nothing wrong with that, it's dead easy. So I'd done about two hours worth of material, according to Gareth, and I'd done five minutes at the Hollybush tonight. And, uh, <laughs> and that was it, really, for me. I decided, <laughs> I decided to be a promoter. <laughs> <laughs> it's in as uh, easy as what I thought, you know what I mean? So, and that was it, that's, why, that's where, well, my second and third gig was at the Roadhouse in Birmingham, which is a, oh, it's a great place. It's a death pit, in it? <laughs> death pit, you know what I mean? And, and like, I've gone up, there's uh, Moses Holly Carr, who's a great actor as well, it was his first ever gig, he went on before me, stormed it, and I went on, and I did 37 seconds and went, try, and just walked <laughs> off, and then Blue Giraffe was born, and then we started that, and then that was it, I think we run 20, 28 gigs last year, just because of Moses, the bastard, <laughs> basically, but uh, yeah, so that was it, that was us. Awesome. Well, you brought up an interesting point, which is, uh, pretty much every London promoter I've spoken to has said, being on TV doesn't sell tickets anymore. No. And I wondered, if, well, I was going to say, is it the same up here? But you've <laughs> Well, 
Yeah and no, it helps. I think if you can say as seen on something, but also now I think people are more willing to take a punt now on stuff. Uh, but my gigs, how I target, I usually do rugby clubs and sports clubs, cricket clubs, stuff like that. One, because they don't impact on any local comedy club around yeah. them because they've already got a yeah. contained yeah. audience who want to support it. You're guaranteed to sell out because um, yeah. you've got these people who want to support the club. And I also actively, I still compare my um, own gigs because I still want to get my ego fixed. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to be stared at because this is brilliant, thank you. Um, <laughs> might as well be on stage. <laughs> so I've still got that, but now I've had bookers come to me and say, oh, people have been in your gig and I have people go to other comedy clubs and then come back and go, can you, can you book this act? He's amazing. So it's a weird now, it's two different sort of things, isn't it? I think if you've got someone headlining and you've got, I've seen on TV or something like that, then people go, wow, that's amazing. But most of the time now, Especially up there in the northwest, people seem to be a bit more willing to go. No, I'll give this yeah. a go. Just depends how much you put your ticket price. On. Yeah, I, I, think that's it. I think it like depends what you know. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule, but to give an example, like I've got Lou Conran on tonight at Brewdog for Leicester Comedy Festival. She's amazing. And yeah. she's sold really, really well. But she sold 20 tickets overnight because she was on uh, first, first dates a couple yeah. weeks ago. So yeah, it, yeah, it does make. Yeah, I think it helps. <laughs> I think it helps audiences put. A name to face. Yeah, that's totally, what they like. They go, totally. yeah, no, yeah, no. They probably just wouldn't yeah. have known who, who she was. Yeah, I, I, I seen, um, I, 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 I seen a, a night a couple of weeks ago. Great little night down by us. And, uh, the, the headliner has been on the chase. Mm. So I think you know. Paul No, 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 no. It was a contestant right? oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the chase, and it come up. <laughs> right, it come up. Right. So and so, TV star, so and so, I was even pizza, I was absolute yeah. quality, you know what I mean? I'll so when they look for him, like, there'll be probably be a picture of on YouTube going, I, from <laughs> I, had book, I had a book a years ago, I did, um, I've been going about a year and a half, and my mate ran me up, Nick Banks, he was another comic and a booker, and he ran me up, he was based in Hartlepool at the time, and he said, what you'll see tonight? I said, nothing. He went, do you want to come up and be on Geordie's show? And I went, not really. Uh, and he said, but yeah, it's TV creds, isn't it? You know what I mean? He said, all we're doing is a stand-up routine. They're just going to be there. So I went out and went, all right, yeah. So I went up and all of them were there. And the two girls at Geordie's show got up. A bit of crap. They didn't do well. Um, I stormed it that way. Okay. <laughs> um, and I featured, the only point I featured was watching me walk to the stage and then we dubbed all my laughter up. And so, so, when I did a gig three weeks later in Middlesbrough and someone put acid on Jodie Shaw on the bus. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, take it off. No, please, please take it off. That didn't work, no, because yeah. he never booked me again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I that, think, yeah. Like I so said, that, that gig that he sold out, like, he's, he's a great actor as well. But when he put up TV stars, I thought, oh, it was absolute quality. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we went, um, it, the, the best response I've had for, for a TV star was ideal, Tony. Tony Burgess. Yeah. 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 And then we agreed, oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm all fucking obviously stone Ezra and Bobby. Tony's quality as well. Yeah, he, yeah. Also, he also co-wrote that yeah, as well. He got to Aggie and he went, uh, <coughs> this isn't uh, this isn't a library. So, I know. He said, look, I've, I've been working on library gigs, gaps all day. He said, I thought it was a library. He said, no, he's oh shit. He was <laughs> 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 panicking because he'd, he'd done like he'd, all after he'd been practicing his, his, his library gigs. I just thought it was another <laughs> He is the mankest man you'll ever meet. Yeah, already. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So at the start, if you, if the audience have any questions, just put your hand up and we'll, we'll get to them. So, you got any? <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> you know what you're coming for, right? 
just checking. You, you kept saying about being an agent is like being on the dark side. Yeah. Pardon? Are you actually embarrassed about it? No, 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 it's just jokes. Everyone, can I, everyone, sorry, can I just repeat the question because it didn't get picked yeah. up? Um, um, you said the agent was being like on the dark side. Yeah. Are you embarrassed about being an agent? No, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of it, but comics and that, well, like, not pointing any fingers, Red. Um, like, uh, it's just a comic. <laughs> comic. Comics take the mick a little bit, you know what I mean? I've never, never, I know, yeah, I'm just joking. Like, I'm, 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 I'm normally a dick. Because. <laughs> Agency, greedy. By the way, you know those 180 pound shows were they any of my acts? No, it's just because being an agent, you seem different in it. You know what I mean? I'm making money off them. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to do anything anymore. I sit at home in my boxes, replying to emails. But you do like and, and a suit because I'm very professional. Um, but you do the admin. With yeah, just well, the yeah, that's I, great. Yeah, but I did that for myself, didn't I? So I can't not... stand doing admin. I've got like eight months worth of accounts to do. Have you? Yeah. Do you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you say I do the admin, wait until we see if my, my tax return comes back and he comes back to you. The weird thing is, I think agents sort of are talked about in like green rooms, but you're yeah. sort of one of the, the good guys. You're yeah, like the, because you, oh, thanks, because you set up an agency, but you. Of your 12 acts, like nine of them didn't have an agent before. Yeah, no. And we're all sort of acts that were at that point where they're just about to break yeah. through, like closing work or whatever. Yeah, that's but, what I tried to do. I didn't want to sign. I've I've got, there's three acts on my books. Karen Bailey, who's a Midlands-based yeah. act, who's been going 10, 11 years. She's fantastic. I've got Andy Wilkie, who was Smug Roberts, who's been here. He's Mr. Foley, Miss Brown's boys and all that. But they came to me after. And Sully O'Sullivan now, who's 15-year, yeah, pretty much yeah, very well-known, very, very good act. But the acts I signed when I started off was I wanted to start at the bottom with acts who were breaking into paperwork and see how far I could take them. So I signed, well, Jay Hansen was the reason yeah, why I made it. Jay Hansen came to me, he's fantastic. He came and sat me down and said, um, why don't you be an agent, why don't you sign me? And then I had Danny Sutcliffe, who was a finalist in the Leicester Mercury. Stephen Langer was also a finalist in the Leicester Mercury. Lucy Thompson, who was nominated for Best Debut Show at Leicester Festival. Liam Pickford, who is Liam Pickford. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who knows Liam Pickford, with yeah. fact, he's fantastic, he's amazing, but he's the reason why I'm going grey. Um, and Tony Bowsnett, and then I got Freddie Fowler, who's another yeah, space. Yeah. And that's the whole point was, and Big Lou as well, but I think you can, we can't really class Big Lou's the same as then, because Big Lou's very established. Uh, and that's the whole point was I wanted to grow with them and I wanted to see that, how far we could take it and how far it would go. Well, that's it. I think, like I say, you're, you're out for the comedians as well, whereas some of them just out for themselves. I mean, I, yeah. you know, like I say, you, you yeah. tried to progress up. We tried to, tried to book a top act. He was all up for it, but obviously everything was for his agent. Yeah. Um, so we got the email address, we emailed the agent, nothing. So I phoned up, spoke to her, and she went, uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Blue Giraffe, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got your email there. Said, oh, now he's busy that night. Yeah. And all right, okay. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll try and find someone else. And she went, yeah, try. Boom, straight down. Yeah, and, actually, and like, you know, and it, it's like, nah. yeah, exactly, there's no need for it. And like, I told, I told the act, like, and he, he wasn't very happy about it, you know what I mean? But yeah, everything yeah. goes for his agent, and that's that. Well, how many messages have you got? Mate, I keep all my messages. Because a lot of agencies I won't even like work yeah, Exactly, because yeah. there's, there's no name for it. Who? No, God. Oh, name if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they know. <laughs> no, but I, I, I know what you mean. I, I was doing, I was booking a preview with a friend of mine, and they said to me, just whatever you do, don't involve my agent in this, because yeah. they, they claim I won't get out of bed for less than 200 a day, and I will. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. And we've booked a free preview in London now, and it's like. See, that's yeah. fine. The advantage, I won't act like any other agents off any of the I'm not like that because 
entirely know how they all work but the only advantage I think I had and I think that's why I got smug Andy Wilkie after a month of going which is to a lot of people on the circuit when I announced him we were like wow that's quite yeah. a big thing and I think the reason why he said to me he came with me is because I've been on their side of things yeah. Yeah. I've done what these have done I've gone to Exeter to do five minutes yeah. Charles spot come back and I've gone all when I was on the circuit about blowing me on trumpet well, I worked hard I, that's the only thing I ever people used to say about me on it and he didn't say I was yeah, yeah, yeah. said he was hard say hard anything. and he's persistent <laughs> that's all I heard the guy. <laughs> so I know who's good like, I'm, like with Glenn I'll know how many gigs he runs yeah, what yeah. progression is yeah. like is it worth going down and doing and stuff like that so I know who's ideal for rooms because most of the bookers I've performed for I've been in those rooms I'll know like if I took Red on or Alex for instance I would know where they would be suited and where they wouldn't so I won't, <laughs> I won't send Red into a gig back in a rough pub somewhere where I think you, you, you might haven't not seen Scarlet have you? No, you know, like, no I'm not saying about that I'm just saying you know where for you might not he won't be suited but he, again Red wouldn't expect me to do that that's where agents get a bad rep because we're actually going send me to this gig where we know well I think, I think your right, agency's you know, adapted to how the circuit is now and I think a lot of agencies still run how the circuit used to be you know there, there tends to be especially in London like it feels like the, the bubble of open mics in London have a very big disconnect from the sort of established Massive. clubs in London yeah. and mm. and it sounds like from what you're saying you particularly are able to sort of see the have a connect between the two London's the exception because London changes by the week I know, you can I have know. a book who's run <laughs> six venues down there and then you email him a week later and he goes oh no I'm not doing it anymore yeah. and like, but last week you send him a mail shot out fucking up into June and London's just mm. it's an enigma <laughs> it's just I've gotten no I'm trying to break into London and that but the I think there still is a bit of a snobbery between London and the North. I think there still is that bit of divide in the circuit. It's getting better and better, but I think it's a you lot think harder thick, to break don't into. I, Adam, you think we're thick. <laughs> I, no, no, I, I just discovered this. It's an act. I've never ever encountered it, but I've done gigs in London where they've gone, oh, it's a North monkey. And it's uh, like, I have like a five to sort of explain my accent, which I've never ever had to do, but I've done gigs in London where. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's a particularly thick accent, it's a sort of like generic northern accent, <laughs> but people in London, you sort of go, oh, you've come from really far away. It's like, in the same way that perhaps like an Australian actor in the UK mm. has to do kind of a joke about, I'm from Australia, and the cliche yeah. about Australia. Yeah, I once, not at all London gigs, but like I 60%. Once, I won't say, I remember doing it, it's not because I, I remember doing a trial spot for um, Funny Side Comedy Club, brilliant promoter, lovely fella, and I went down, and the other trial spot was Harry Hill, doing 10 minutes in New Material. So it's not that, it's not because you're northern or anything, it's because they are so swamped with acts and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. But it's, snobbery was the wrong word, still a bit of a divide like in, in the sense because they're going, well why do I need to get you down here when I can get Lee Mack coming down yeah. and doing 20 minutes for 50 quid for new material, you know what I mean? And it's. Is there less acts in the Midlands though? I'm not saying there's a lot of acts in London. It's oh, you know, I'm aware. London's (laughs) London's massively swamped. It's awful. It's spread out though, aren't you? Yeah. So it doesn't really. Yeah, but you there's know, two different circuits, I think. There's the UK and there's London, isn't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Scotland as well is probably has its own kind of... Yeah. There are acts, acts that are like full-time yeah. acts from Scotland that you you never hear about on the circuit down here. Yeah. But they're very good and mm. live far away. But I, I think it's, it's almost like it's another country. In comedy, it feels like it's another country. There's London, like you said, it's everywhere else. And like, uh, there's also there's loads of really, really good comics in London that uh, I've never heard of. And I, I, yeah. But, but are like awesome because they don't gig outside London because they don't have to. And understandably, I'd, if yeah. you could gig with them in your house all the time, yeah, I would. would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like three gigs a night. Now we'll go up to your house and make four hundred quid a night. But that's the, yeah, that's that's what I found as well. You're trying you're trying to book a decent London act and like of a weekend. They can, like I say, they can do three, four gigs and like them coming up 
to the Midlands for like 200 quid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't need to because I'm on the circuit round there and they have the three or four gigs a night. But so, Sam, so, like you've not only off the open mic circuit as a London act, yeah. we're, we're all different. Yeah. I, I find weirdly it's easier to get someone to leave London to come and do an open spot yeah. outside of London than it is to get a, yeah. a headliner to come yeah. and do a gig for 200 quid. Because that's like, all they go and do 200 quid. Because there's the sort of enticement that we might move up in a progression that we might not do yeah. in London. In London, the progression, I've had, I've had bookers tell me I did really well. And then the next day I've rung them up and they've just gone, oh yeah, but we're booked until whenever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then you ring up whenever and then they'll go, oh, now we're booked up again because, you know, I don't know, Avalon will come along and just put all their acts in and it's just full. And I understand why that works and how that happens. But then, uh, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you see what we mean? Uh, but no, but it's, it's, and I'm not, I'm not picking on Avalon specifically. I'm just picking them because of no, the first no. one in my head. The point is, is that that's why, for me personally, if someone says, you know, I'll, I'll cover your travel to come up and do an open spot, I'm more likely to go, yeah, I'll do that one because in London it's less likely to lead to progression. Whereas yeah. in the Midlands, I'm finding personally, I, it's kind of progressing slightly quicker. And, and, I, and I'm not doing any different material. So, I'm, so either, either your sense of humour suits my sense of humour more here, or I don't know, or I don't know maybe it's just, it could be anything. There's, there's a lot of comedy clubs up here though as well. You know, in, in the middle, I mean, there's there's a lot of promoters uh, who put on lots of nights and everything else. So, like, yeah, I think you, you do get well with a few of them. You do get more chance of progression. I think up here. Yeah. You know, I mean, you get the odd ones who like they'll fill the night with open spots with chance of progression, but they never get. You know what I mean? They never get anywhere. Yeah. But I think there's that many. I mean, like we 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 don't offer progression, Blue Giraffe, because all our acts get paid, which that's caused a bit of a stink as well with some people. You shouldn't be paying him. You shouldn't be paying them. They, they should. They should be doing open spots. And you think well, they've come up to do the job. They, they get paid. You know what I mean? It's just it's a hard one. <laughs> it's a hard one. Why? Why is that cause of stuff? You were talking to me about this before, and I think it's quite important. Though. Well, it's it's like I've, I've had the, obviously the, the, t- the people talk, the, the acts talk, and say, well, I can't believe so and so is getting paid for this. Gig. He's, only, he's only done open mic and everything else, and now he's on a now he's on a paid bill. I've had to work up through the ranks, and I've had to do this and do that. You know. They, they shouldn't be paid. Was you thinking, well, that if, if if I've got a bricklayer and I want to build a wall, I've got to charge him. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't, he's going to charge me. Is he yeah. going to be like, well, uh, if you build this wall for me, if you're any good, I might put you on the end over there eventually. You know what I mean? So you get your wall done for free. And that. Whereas, like, like them saying, well, that, that you shouldn't, that he, he doesn't deserve to get paid. And I think, well, he's, he's done his 10 minutes on stage. Who, that's who, it. who are they to decide who's willing to get paid as well? Because it's your your exactly. discretion as the promoter. Exactly. I've, I, Blue Giraffe has caused a bit of a stir last year. And he's still doing it now, to be honest, <laughs> with certain little things. But at the end of the day, if I book an act and I, I get paid, it's like I had one act who, the first act who ever bailed on me, um, <laughs> naming no names and and like fair play he said I make so I've got to cancel he said because I've been offered a pay gig and I said no problem I said but you do know my gigs are paid didn't you yeah. and he went no that's the bit and it was like and he said oh well I'll try and cancel that one and come back to yours I thought well, no don't do that because you've already booked in there for another age another, another it would have been nice yeah. to ask me first if there was a fee or that see because the way I did it it was like if he'd done his own work he'd have realised that all my acts got paid you see but obviously he didn't do his own work <laughs> <laughs> And like, but like, but like I say, it's like you know, I've, I've booked him since, and I always tag him in post, uh, in, in Facebook posts and everything else. And I do try. And, I've got got a couple of little gigs and everything else. And I always try. And, you know, what I mean, I always get it on because at the end of the day, it's, it's one of them things. And like, it, it's just the industry. It's it's, it's like people. They'll, if if you do a charity gig as well, like, like you, say, you, you do a charity gig, and like people, go, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that for ten quid. I'm not doing that. Why should I do it for ten quid? And then Joe Blogs will say, Do you want to come and do an open spot? So it's really good. Oh yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> So, so they'll have the tenor, but like they'll run to, 
they'll, they'll run, into, run into like an open spot for nothing. Yeah, you think, well, it's, it's, yeah. We'll see you again. Go back to what you said about London. Tea's ready. That's a bomb in it. Should, should have said some stuff. About Axe um, off. Uh, yeah, yeah. About Axe coming out of London, more willing to come out of London. Because in London as well, there's two two different circuits in London. Mm. You've got your open mic circuits, and you've got a lot of acts who will never leave that. Yeah. But the standard ain't great. And you've got your acts where they progress onto the paid rooms and onto the trial spots and all that. But then you've up, up north, and then um, the Midlands. If you're good, you get in pro rooms and you yeah, get yeah, trial yeah. spots. If you're not good, then you can either spend a lot of acts won't spend the time just doing the open mics, but end up going, all right. Maybe I'm not going to do this and knock it on the head. The standard, I think, for acts is set a bit higher outside of um, up like north and in the Midlands because you have to, if you want to get in the pro rooms, you have to be at a certain standard. And we start off doing 10 minutes when we started, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We weren't doing five spots, we were doing 10 spots. So you had to have a 10 set yeah, yeah. before so you could even start well. gigging. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't I, start I find it mad when people say, oh, I've got five minutes. It's like, oh, well, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> like five more. I did. It's more and more annoying because a lot of podcasts such as this based in London are a lot of like blogs about how to get into comedy and like every three months there's a garden article about treading into the murky yeah. world of stand-up comedy Jeez. or whatever and like they're always like i did my first five minute set and then you see someone go i'm looking for five minute spots in norwich and it's like it's not it's not no. like that yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh like i've got eight minutes in newcastle it's like then just do a ten set <laughs> like i the first time i did five minutes was about a year and a half into stand-up, and that was because i was doing it as 10. i did a spiky mic gong show yeah and it was other oh, spots of five minutes i, I remember arrogantly being like oh you can't compress my art into five minutes <laughs> because <laughs> two minutes later he got done my dick jokes are worth more than five minutes <laughs> um, but I, I remember it being like really weird and yet the racks on that build had been just just doing five minutes but uh, and, and weirdly it will probably be tighter and runnier for a gong show because it makes you it gives I'm yeah, doing five minutes is such a different beast it's, it's hard, hard it's so hard any other length of time the, the Muse Moose has a 90 second thing in like yeah, yeah, yeah 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 just bollocks he says if you can't make me laugh in 90 <laughs> seconds you're not going to be able to do it like in a, in a longer set and I, and, I, and I can understand the mentality of that but also it's really hard to come on stage and introduce yourself get, it's, get, a, it's a load of shit though isn't it I've only done it once it was my first ever gig it's stupid though <laughs> like you don't get like nuance over in 90 seconds you, don't, you can get a joke across but <laughs> someone could have one cracking 90 second joke <laughs> yeah, and be dog shit for 19 minutes <laughs> and in their eyes they're the winner <laughs> But it, <laughs> she, she will argue that she did find Jack Whitehall in less than 90 seconds. <laughs> I think he was doing other work. You know, I don't think yeah. she, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> think. I mean, I don't gig a lot, mainly because I spend my entire life here working evenings, which makes it really hard to like go and do gigs when you've got to be at your job. Frustratingly, no matter how many times you tell your boss. Because my other, my other like pursuit outside of professional work is professional wrestling, right? Just two things that happen at weekends and evenings, which is when every job I've ever had have been like, well, you could work weekends and evenings. So no, I all the okay, fine. Um, Have you thought of a day job? <laughs> I, got, I got a day job and they put me on 4pm till midnight. Like, that was, this wasn't what, that's how this was meant job. to be. That's, what, that's not how it was meant to be. And what was the point I was making? Yes, sorry, jokes. 
Um, so I don't giggle a lot, but I do know that I don't. I don't think I've got a single joke in any set I've ever written that takes less than ninety seconds to tell. Like yeah, I don't yeah, think I could, thing, you know. Yeah. And that. What do you? I mean, you every, know. Every competition isn't for everyone. That's the thing. It's like yeah. some people, yeah. especially in London, the Gong Show in London is seen as like this. Re- like, oh, I, I beat the Gong and whatever. And, and there's some amazing acts who just get gonged off in about ten seconds. Hmm. And, and you're like, that doesn't mean you're shit. Gong yeah. Show is but, never about how good your material is. No. I saw someone win beat the frog because the audience, big group of girls in the audience. Like tissues. I beat. I finished second twice and beat the frog. Never won it. Well, yeah. I've, had, I've had so many acts have come down from there and they're like devastating because the MC is like <laughs> he's he's yeah. on at the audience to heckle them and, and that's all. Put the gong show. No, exactly. It's exactly. Yeah. 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 They've come down. They've come down absolutely gutted and that's why you just shake it off and just carry on. Yeah. I when I was very new, I did King Gong at the comedy store and I to this day said that I didn't get gonged off because there was a fight and I was escorted off stage. <laughs> uh, I smashed it for those four seconds. <laughs> I, watched, said I smashed him and I was like... <laughs> I watched Johnny Addy, remember Johnny Addy? Oh. You know where it's with Johnny Addy was an incredible act. He um, knocked on the head unfortunately, now works with BBC. Yeah. Um, as director, he was one of... He worked in a sex shop when I knew him. Yeah, so oh, about, yeah he, had, he, had, he, he did, he did interviews. Some things well. never yeah. change. <laughs> he did interviews, he did a, like a, a YouTube interview, video interview. We used to interview him in the sex shop while we sat in a box. Oh yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Johnny Addy was amazing. He was just mental. And then um, I watched him get gonged off at King Gong before he even got on the stage because he compared his little tune and went, "Don't think so, pal." <laughs> just gonged him off. Johnny Addy was like, "Right." <laughs> And that's what we got. The audience loved it, but that's what the yeah. gang show is about. Yeah, it's about yeah. the audience. It's yeah. not about you. And Definitely. It's, yeah. It's like, like I say, they've come down. They're absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like like the dogs died or something. They're absolutely gutty. That's what just. Get up there, then you got, you got the next wave, you're going, yeah, 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 we're going to do really well. <laughs> then I come back down. Nice little getting on But they're very thick audiences, generally speaking. But yeah, yeah. Just a record on my first ever gig, I beat Red Redman at a gong show. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't learned that. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> 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 I think it, it just breeds contempt for acts. And it breeds, like, I personally think that the, the, the worst audiences are the ones that fold their arms. It's like, well, make me laugh then, funny man. Yeah. Rather than like, Wanting to support them, yeah, like, yeah. you'd never go to like at the cinema and sit there and go, well, "I hope this isn't shit." Like, kind of, yeah. like, you kind of you want it to be good because you invested your time in it. And like, a gong show just sort of incentivizes you that all new acts are rubbish. Is that like forty-five out of fifty acts are rubbish? Which is like, I think I personally think most new acts got at least something in them that you can kind of see. And then equally, the whole idea that that you should heckle an act or you should try and throw them off. Mm. And part of being a good act is that you can deal with that. And I think yeah. in, in the modern comedy circuit, I don't actually think putting hecklers down is a skill. I don't think it's a skill yeah, for a You, client. Do, you can learn lessons from any gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. but it depends how it's marketed. It depends how a gong show's marketed. When like the comedy store, frog bucket, the big clubs do it, fair enough. Because audiences know what they're going for. But when me and Red started off and we were going, gong shows were popping up everywhere, weren't they? Yeah. Bookers were just, well, book comics who just wanted to get stage time and couldn't get booked by anyone else would start a gong show up just so they could get the mates in and we're charging for it. And you're thinking, no, that's not yeah. a good thing to do. In a big weekend club where it's just a night, that's a laugh and people go down, knowing what to expect, it's going to be carnage. You'll get some 
invite someone up from the audience to go and do dick jokes about his dad. I, I don't know why a lot of these places you know don't I mean? just all... like do new at nights instead of like gone. Well, we do as well, don't we? Those yeah. well, comedy no. store does. Well. <laughs> oh, the comedy store does. No, yeah, 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 yeah no, you're right. Does. Basically, it's monthly, isn't it? Whereas yeah. King Kong is what, like bi-weekly? Oh, is it? It's monthly. King Kong. But like, so Beat the Frog is weekly. Yeah. They do a work in progress, but isn't for new acts. I think it'd be nice to see like a friendly atmosphere new act night. But maybe then people wouldn't go. To be fair, to be frog, we let new acts go and do eight spots. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're still getting new acts coming through, so you get a little bit of progression, don't you? And for an act starting off, it's yeah, quite, it was no, quite a big thing yeah, when yeah. you go and do the eight spot of Beat the Frog. It's quite right. a nice gong, to be fair, Beat the Frog. Yeah, it is. It's probably the nicest one. King Kong's brutal. Have you ever had who's ever run a gong show on the podcast? Uh, not as yet. I'm trying to get Don Ward on. Gong show special. Yeah. yeah. Get a Pete Vincent. I'm happy. I have yeah. a yeah. 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 Pete at the moment. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a lovely gig, Bobby Arkham. Yeah. Starting Gong show is probably the nicest. Yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you a long list of everyone I've got. Like basically. Lined get Dan Knight and get on as well. So, so, yeah. Because yeah, he started up Beat the Frog. Okay. But Could tell um, agent. So can yeah. I? Does anyone have any questions about Gong show? Okay. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Um, just general question to all the writers. How do you book your acts? Uh, do you have to have a certain level of experience? They just need to uh, send me nudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the no, flat answer. Um, for comedy and cocktails, because it was, I mean, you know, it's a pay you want, it's a bucket, it's quiet. Do you mind if I just quickly repeat the question for the. For sorry, the yeah, of course. Sorry. Uh, how do you book your acts? Uh, for comedy and cocktails, uh, because of the nature of it, essentially, there was there was kind of two ways. So it was always kind of built as a new act, a new material night. I would either get emails or messages from people who would just say, you know, I'm a new act from so and so, not far away. You know, I've done six gigs. Can I come and do a gig in Leicester with you? And usually I would just say, yeah. Sure. Because of the nature of it, because the audience knew what they were coming for as well. Like the 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 audience for comedy and cocktails is kind of regular. Most of the people have been there at least once before, and sometimes you know when you do get new people, they either go, okay, well that was quite nice, but maybe I won't come back, or they'll go, that was good, we should try and come down again. The important thing for me was making sure that the act knew what the financial setup of it was, particularly as they got further away. So comedy and cocktails kind of base was. It's a fairly large kind of Midlands input, but there are a lot of people from kind of Birmingham as well who just message and go, working on a new ten, kind of come and give it a go. So we'd end up having people like Thomas Rackham, uh, Danny Clives, people like that who are working on new jokes who'd want to come back and do it because they knew it's a nice room with an audience that were there to just enjoy just some comedy. Practically speaking, what do you want in that email then? Because do, do you want them saying, I just want to try out some new jokes? Or do you, how do you want someone to approach you? Genuinely, I just wanted people to, to come across like they were enthusiastic about doing comedy, essentially. They wanted to do the gig because most of the time people would say, I've heard from so-and-so who is, who is someone who's been on before that it's a nice room. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style room to do if you're quite new and that was essentially and if they had if they could list a couple of gigs that that they'd done before or someone who had talked to them about the gig that was pretty much it but for a while before i handed it over i also did a thing called the debut five which was five minutes of from comedy from someone who'd never done stand-up before ever it was an advertised thing for people who'd literally never done it and the important thing for that for me was because we've got to this point where we were doing the bucket at the end and we were getting money to make sure that everyone got something including that person for their first ever gig even if it was just you know five pounds you did five minutes material here's a fiver thanks for coming down you should do more material write another five minutes and go and get some more gigs and if you want help finding out where to do more gigs drop me another message and i'll I'll give you a few places around where you are if they hadn't come with someone else which was really nice and the audience were there were really up for it they were really up for the idea that they were going to see someone who'd literally never done comedy i was very supportive of the fact that was happening so it was just yeah it, it was just someone if they if they put across in their message that they were there wanted to be there because they heard it was nice and they wanted to yeah. to do some jokes in the room then i was up for it essentially so with us if i've got a night booked up then so i know within like 10 minutes what acts i want to approach to get on you know like i said facebook's a great tool as well that many friends on facebook they keep in touch with them and everything else and they i can do this kid for my headliners if i haven't got anyone in mind then there's a there's a site that on, on Facebook that I'll put on. Adam normally pesters me with that one uh, straight away. <laughs> and, and, but like I say, it's, we meet, so I, I, I don't advertise for our gigs really, apart from the headline acts. And then I'm like, say, I, I can message Red, I, I can message Ali, I can message him, I've got a gig, do you fancy doing this? And whittle it down that way. You see, like, like I say, because we blew giraffe, we sort of we try and give everyone a chance as well. Yeah. So, you know, like I say, so it's the newbies coming in, they get the chance to be on a, on a pro lineup. And there's that there's that many way, that many ways to do it, but that's, that's the way we do it. It's just, Facebook and, and like, ah, I was talking to so-and-so the other day, it'll be good for these jobs me memory sort of thing. You can also sometimes get, like, if someone, say, like, Sean Morley or Tom King or someone from up there messages and go, oh, have you got any spots? The response can be, yeah, do you want to bring someone else as well? Yeah. You know, and, and get a couple of people in the car as well and get a few people from the same area. And, like, there was, there was one <clears throat> month last year which sadly didn't come to fruition, 
There was one month last year where Josie Long needed comedy and cocktails because she was doing a gig in Leicester mm. like the next day with a friend of hers because um, the, the folk singer called Grace Petrie lives in Leicester they're good friends. She there nearly ended up being a time when she was ended up on, no it didn't come to fruition sadly but like that kind of thing happens as well. I never really put on adverts for acts either I never went and said oh when we're looking for acts for this day and usually people would be coming to me and yeah. saying have you got any spaces? We've had open mics, I set up a couple of open mic nights last year, so that they, they go out in the forums, they set up open mic, and it was first come, first served with us as well. You know, like, some people will pick and choose and everything else, whereas us it was like, yeah, okay, so I'd have to say 10 spots for open mic, and like they come in and it gives them a bit of stage time, and stuff like that, and it's like, you know, some of them are like, sort of, will pick and choose, so they'll have like 20 people, and they'll pick who they want, because they, they want to make it a good night, which to me is an open mic night. You've got to give new acts a chance to try and get through, because, yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's really interesting that you said it's, it's first come first served because when I was first starting out and you were doing open mic acts uh, open mic spots I always found it really frustrating when you'd see a promoter say I need an open spot must have done 100 gigs that's, that's not an open spot that's an unpaid spot that's what yeah. you've got there yeah. Yeah. Is it, and don't worry, I think if you call it an unpaid 10 spot yeah. call it that and that's yeah, fine like, trial and spot, yeah. and yeah. Some, trial. but sometimes it's not even a trial spot because they've yeah. got yeah. A, they go, there's, there's going to be two acts that are going to be unpaid in the middle and there's going to be an open or a closer that are getting 250 quid that isn't a trial spot for someone it's probably yeah. going to be yeah. just 10 minutes stage time and own that call it an unpaid spot and if an act who is starting out wants to gig with so and so off the television and get that experience from it I I would have done that and I wouldn't yeah. have felt ripped off. Yeah. See, well, but don't call it an open spot if you've got a criteria. It's an unpaid spot. There was, there was a new open mic night set up in uh, down by Wolverhampton. Open mic, but then it, it was more of, it was a free comedy night basically. You've, you've emceed it. Yeah. You've emceed it. And it was, and then it, it started back up again. Well, it was supposed to start back up again last, last week when I think that a load of acts pulled out. And it, it actually got on it free comedy, open mic, free comedy venue. And you think, well, it's the wrong way to promote it. You know, if you're if you're doing if, if you're doing open mic, have it open mic. Let the acts come in, pick. You know what I mean? They, they can do what they want to do. If the, if the bomb, the bomb. But they've got to learn somewhere. If you're doing it as a free venue to make money off it, then pay your acts. Yeah, like yeah. Pay your acts. It's like like there's one yeah. there's one at the minute which I keep arguing with, and, that, and like um, you'd be surprised how many promoters and comedians ain't got a fucking sense of humour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like they'll just like they'll just take everything. <clears throat> I mean, I've pissed people off by saying hello to them. What are you hello? What are you hello to me? To be fair, you were in his bedroom. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I was with his wife. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my wife should have gone there, so it's all right. It's all right. Uh, but like, it, it's like they, um, they, it's, they, they advertise on, fo- on the forums and everything else. We've got progression spots, this, that, the other. Yeah. And like, you know, come down and, and they, advertise it, they advertise it on the forums as a new material, not a chance to be seen. Yeah. But the venue advertises yeah. it as a comedy night and yeah. charged so yeah that's chance to be seen or good for your profile no no my, my gigs are all pro pro yeah, yeah. usually I get a budget of fee off a venue for like 800 quid so I split it accordingly the next one I've got some 24th at a new venue called Neston Cricket Club I've got Mick Ferry opening Stephanie Lang in the middle is one of mine and Steve Royal headlining it was meant to be Dave Johns but unfortunately now Dave Johns is an international superstar <laughs> uh, he would rather go to Cairns or somewhere fancy like that than come to Neston what a prick I don't know why yeah Dave yeah bugger okay. uh, remember your roots son so <laughs> but I so I want 
It's no disrespect to open spots or anything like that, but the rooms aren't suited for open spots. Yeah, so yeah, I won't no, have yeah. an open spot yeah. on. So how I do it is I run a low budget gig on a Sunday, and that's for acts who I've not seen or acts who I'm unsure about. I'll put them in there, and if it's a new act breaking through, I'll give them a middle 15, 30 yeah. quid, and I'll see how they cope yeah. in there. If they cope in that, then they go in. Yeah, I'll move them up then. I th- the I think like, like if every promoter is honest for a second, I think you book who you like to work with, who you know, who, who you trust, who, and who yeah, are reliable. Who can do yeah. Rooms, and that's yeah. who you book, mm. you know? When it comes to open spots, happily take suggestions from other people because I don't always yeah. know. Yeah, you're good at that to be fair, you're um, very good. Thank you. Yeah. When you're booking paid work, it goes to people that I know and like to work with and trust. Yeah, yeah. Because not every act can do every room. And that's yeah. the thing, like my, my rugby clubs, it's a certain type of act who can do it. And it, you, it is, and I'm, you know, and that's no disrespect. I'm not going to risk, yeah. you've got to have faith mm. off your venue. If it's your, your venue, Yeah, if your venue yeah. are giving you a budget, you've got to have faith. And I've put acts in who I love, and I think fantastic, and very, very good acts, who have not done well in there. And then they've come back to me and gone, to be fair, mate, I'm, I don't think I'm suited to your yeah. gigs. You know we, what I mean? We, we were talking before we started about yeah. entitlement on the circuit, and I think yeah. it comes down to that. We, I think acts often forget that it's your business, and it's, and it's your yeah. livelihood on the line yeah. as well as theirs. And so if you don't get booked, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily something personal, it's just you don't sit in that room. And that doesn't mean you're a crap act, that just means you're crap in that room. Well, yeah. like you're not going to put... Oh, it's just, instance, just loads of acts. There's so many acts. It's not a slight on Big Lou. I wouldn't put Big Lou into a university gig. Yeah. And that's no discredit to Big Lou. But Big Lou's yeah. a 50 year old man. What's he going to tell students? <laughs> He's going to go on and go, you've only got a mortgage. And I'm just going to go, no mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've just warned me. What's a mortgage? Maybe you shouldn't have done this. Someone's put on the one of the forums today, yeah. uh, yesterday, sorry, um, about he started running the gig, he's been going for six months, and now he's on about, uh, is anyone can give me some advice, he said, because I'm, I'm just going to, I want to start booking the acts again. Oh, that was mad, yeah, no, for, for, Yeah, for that one, I said, well, you've got to, yeah, there's that, like I said, there's that many acts, Peter Vincent pipes upon it, and I yeah. said, there's that many acts, you know what I mean, you, yeah. you've got to, to choose from, <coughs> don't put the one, the bloke you had on two it's months a ago, you mean, people acts. ain't going to turn up and see mm. Like it, it, that your job is to know yeah. who to book. Like, there's so many acts, you don't need to do a rotation of six months. It's just mm. daft. It's well, it's but weekend clubs on. See, again, you can't, like I was saying to you before, you can't argue with a booker. If a booker knows that works in his venue, and if you've got a weekend club where you've yeah, got yeah. a regular changing audience, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. always smashes your gig, always does well. Yeah. And you're going to use them regularly. You are going to use them regularly. You're not going to go, I'm going to take a punt on someone I'm Particularly with MCs. Or yeah. Like most clubs have like a set of like five yeah. stage yeah. Yeah. MCs. Yeah. And the MC is probably the most important yeah, definitely. role of an oh, yeah, And then we all know yeah. an MC can make yeah. or break a gig, yeah. and they can. That is your most important bit. Yeah. One of the best MCs, and he'll love me for saying this, is Danny Mack. There you go, mate, you got a shout out. I'm editing that Because <laughs> Danny Mack, I watched Danny Mack once at Baby Blue. There's a group of people being pricks in the audience, and Danny Mack went on and took a bullet. He yeah. rollicked him, the audience turned on him, and because he did that, every act had a blind after yeah. that. And that is a that is a role, but I've also seen MCs who go on and try and be the star of a show. Yeah. And that's not what you're not. Yeah. Jonathan May always yeah. said to me, Darling, darling sweetheart, if you ever start the show as the MC, then you're doing it wrong. The only exactly. When he tried to kiss me. But uh, you know <laughs> I, mean, I think it's like being a goalkeeper. So a goalkeeper yeah. is still a footballer. Yeah. yeah. Like they're all footballers, like MC is still a comedian, but they have a completely different responsibility, different roles. Task, it? Yeah. And if you weirdly if you're a good goalkeeper, nobody in the day will go, Well the goalkeeper played well today. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. A- after a football match, has anyone ever gone up to Joe Hart and said, Oh you should try football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is very difficult to hold a microphone in goalkeeper. Paper gloves, though. <laughs> <laughs>
So your, your essential question is um, the difference between, we're talking about the difference between London and uh, the Midlands and there's never been a successful London festival is how you phrased it um, and why do you think that is or why do you think, how important is the yeah. festival yeah, yeah. circuit and, and also probably how, is, how important is your connection to the festivals if you run gigs that aren't at the festival? I never realised until I became an agent how many festivals there are on the circuit <laughs> and I could, I could literally now have my acts just doing tours for festivals yeah. and making very good money off it and I think festivals now because the circuit's changing and so I think massively changing I think festivals are becoming a more and more important part of um, of the circuit because you have acts you have certain acts who aren't weekend club acts aren't club not because they can't do it just because that's not their what they're suited to they're more suited to solo shows tour shows and stuff I've got an act on my books who I think would go down that route Lucy Thompson I think she'll become a uh, touring act who does festivals and hopefully builds up a big cult following and goes on so I think now for comics I think festivals are becoming more and more important an important part of their diary because I think especially Edinburgh I think if Edinburgh you want to be taken seriously as a comic I think you need to do Edinburgh and then you need to invest in it because it's an yeah. investment when you bring a solo show to here it's an investment what you're doing is you're marketing yourself you're investing in it you're yeah. putting yourself out there for a wider range to people to come and see you and if you're very clever like Alex and Red are very clever at what they do it's a bit of a delay there you build <laughs> I just thought how many compliments have I given you so far yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give you too many <laughs> um, you can build up a fan base then. so yeah. you can build up a following you can build so, up so, why, why, so like you said why do you think they, there hasn't been a successful one in London I've got no idea why there hasn't been one in London there's a few in London though that pop up I think there's one called number 7 festival in London there's isn't that in the, the Camden Comedy Festival the, yeah Camden yeah there's a few there's another one that runs fringe, yeah, so. opposite the fringe isn't it yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fringe. but it's the trick to a festival is you need to make it worthwhile for a comic so if you're running a festival comics straight away is going to ask why should I pay 80 quid to come there why is it going to benefit me to come and do well, your festival surely it's like, it's like competition you know, it's I mean like if you put like a, a comedy festival on in, you know such as Letter Comedy Festival which is great and it's doing very well and it has been doing very well for a few years um, you haven't really got you know you've got the West End just down the corner Mm. Yeah. You know, like, so yeah. is, is it to do with competition of what else is uh, yeah. happening entertainment wise in London? You know, the banking capital of, of the world, is it? I'm going to say it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> Make that claim. Who cares about facts? <laughs> Disclaimer that, that, that is science. That's definitely science. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we, if we take Leicester as a kind of, Leicester Comedy Festival as a kind of focal point, there's two, there's two different things that happen. So, firstly, Sorry, one, firstly the phone rings. That's the first thing. Um, probably my agent, Glenn. You probably want to get that. Yeah. <laughs> the Could all the panelists uh, turn their phone off as well? It's off. Ah, it says I'll put it in your pocket. You see, I do apologise. Just it's off. Just, just off. throw it. Just, just cancel. Okay, there you go. The um, you were saying? <laughs> so the Leicester Comedy Festival helps highlight the areas of Leicester that have comedy all year round. There's various venues in Leicester that will, like, you know, Criterion, Host Heroes, obviously we're in Exchange, Manhattan 34, those places. Brewdog. Um, Sorry, Brewdog. Brewdog. Um, <laughs> so what? Who have... <laughs> Brewdog. Who have regular, regular comedy Thursday to Saturday, every week of the festival, we do two shows a day at Brewdog. Carry on, mate. I was talking about outside <laughs> the festival. Uh, 
Beyond. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, beyond not BrewDog. We're not talking about BrewDog now. What? <laughs> no, I just show? want to make sure... Yeah, I'm doing BrewDog uh, now. Yeah, 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 no, I'm doing BrewDog. <laughs> so in case anyone was wondering, Red Redmond is running BrewDog during the festival. Yeah, I'm doing BrewDog. What the festival helps to do is to highlight the venues that run festival, run comedy throughout the rest of the year as well. So. In Manhattan 34, amongst all the flyers for the various shows and amongst the brochures for Jokes and Us and the Leicester Comedy Festival brochures, there's also flyers for comedy and cocktails. So the people who come to see the comedy shows at Manhattan 34 can go, oh, I can see a comedy show here every month. Hmm. And it's not necessarily going to be an hour-long show from, from whoever it is, but it's going to be some comedy in Manhattan 34. The same thing happens at Criterion. There's, you know, there's the flyers for Proper Funny are there. And that kind of thing, it helps boost the comedy scene throughout the year round by the fact that there's a festival here every year. It also means that there's more comedians who know that they can come to Leicester on a monthly basis and do comedy here outside of their shows. What I find, sorry, I was going to say, what I found really interesting is something I talked to you about, like sort of over Facebook, which was how you explained to me how the, the promoters work together to make sure that their gigs aren't too close yeah. to each other in Leicester. Yeah, which right. is something that London could really benefit from, but I think it's, it's not something that's feasible. So I think it's something that perhaps happens uh, sort of in an unwritten manner. So I know that in Manchester everyone's quite protective about this is someone's yeah. turf or whatever. But that's like, I think, just goodwill. But when I moved to Leicester four years ago, I came to Leicester with the intention of doing stand-up. And I, because I'd heard about Leicester Comedy Festival, I was a fan of comedy, I heard about Leicester Comedy Festival, I thought, oh, there must be loads of gigs in Leicester. And I literally arrived about a week after just Tonic, which was the big paid weekend club, closed down. And at that point, there was nobody paying anyone to do stand-up in Leicester. There was uh, an alternative night called Lion's Eat Ice Cream, which was loads of fun. So you kill comedy in Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about timing. Sounds like <laughs> <a little laughs> right. so, so what happened was that there was Lions Eat Ice Cream, which was a wicked little alternative night, but it was like 15 people in the audience. There was Comedy and Cocktails, which was run by Dan Wallbank before Dave, which was once a month, but it was kind of New Act Showcase. I think it was like one pound entry, so no one really got any money. And I just thought, all right, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up a gig. I just wanted to give someone a hundred pounds. Just wanted to give an act on a Thursday night. There's, there's some money that you can put towards your weekly income. As a student, I used to lose like 60 quid a gig. Like, and I had money that I didn't have. And I was like, all my student loan was going on paying professional comedians less than their normal income uh, <laughs> to come and do a gig. But it just meant that. And then suddenly, I didn't realise that, that that mentality was also happening elsewhere. So uh, Dan Nicholas and Suzanne Rowland. Dan Nicholas is an act. Suzanne Rowland, who is like the, the unsung hero of comedy. Like she... Uh, She's unbelievable. She's a comedy fan and she does everything from running gigs, helping other clubs promote stuff, through to helping acts with their tax return. Like she's unbelievable and does it all because she just likes comedy. So Suzanne's wicked. I wish I had comedy to have one. But I know Jeff, who is the chief executive of the festival, wanted to help nurture comedy all year round. So he gave Suzanne and Dan a little bit of money and they created something called Leicester Fridge, which is like a collective of all the promoters in Leicester at the time, so it's myself, Dave had taken over comedy and cocktails by that point. Jason Neal, who ran, runs Proper Funny at the Criterion, at the Cookie Comedy Club, and also a new night which was called Club Smashing, which was yeah. an alternative night. We'd all get together and we'd say, look, let's work out a way how A, we can promote comedy in Leicester and get to a point where everyone's getting a little bit of money, yeah. but also doing things like the Battle for Leicester, which is an annual gig where all four nights have a little bit of pretend competition, but it means that audiences from Club Smashing, which think they might only like alternative comedy, get to see a mainstream act, and vice versa. And it means yeah. that acts that maybe have never left comedy and cocktails, I think that's the only club in Leicester, get to realize, oh, there's three other nights. And also that 
this one's on the first Tuesday of the month, but that night's on the second Wednesday, so really, and that one's on the third Thursday, and that one's on the last Friday, so it means actually yeah. hmm. uh, eight days apart from each other, there's a, there's a gig happening in Leicester that I might like. Yeah. And I wish, I wish you saw that happen in other circuits where there's clearly an audience for comedy. What, what I'm hearing wherever I go is there's community in a place which is smaller because it's harder to have that in London except for in pockets of the Yeah, London's town. too vast yeah. and that's a thing. But, but that, it would, that's it the would, reason I think why we don't have like a, a it, successful It would be one. silly in London because to say, yeah. let's not run a gig in North London because this something happened on the South Bank. That would be silly. Yeah. But, but equally, if, if, if I think it's also goodwill and it's also a bit foolish, isn't it? If you're going to run a gig, the night afterwards, a hundred a hundred yards down the road from an established gig, yeah. and be surprised that people yeah. don't want to go out two nights in a row. Yeah. But also, I think going back to what Red said, I think like in Manchester, it's never really worked, has it? The Manchester fringes, it's never it struggled for years. Liverpool no. Comedy Festival, Sam Avery's getting it off the ground now, and he's doing fantastic. But for years, that was nothing. It's to do with it, money, isn't it? I mean, it's it's money, great but Manchester also, fringe, but it's not. Yeah, but also, like you said, is is there a need for it? Is there, you know, like in Leicester, this however, is a big thing now in Leicester. However, in London, is is there a need to, in, in you know what I mean, a show every night and all that? Because you've got, like you said, West End, you've got, yeah, you've got uh, that comedy clubs like Top Secret 99 Club who are running seven nights a week anyway. Yeah. You've got the, if you want to go and do something in London, you're not going to struggle to find that's something. That, that's what I heard. Sorry, go on. I was going to say about the Manchester comedy. I was going to do it, and everyone said to me from London, they were like, "Just book a venue." And yeah. then, and then I yeah. emailed some venues to see how much it would cost, and it was like, I don't know, one and a half times to, to be in the festival than if I just rented it outside of the yeah. festival. Yeah. And to me, that doesn't make sense. You do all the promotion yourself, anyway, yeah, I do it. Festival. Yeah. Um, but the Women in Comedy Festival is in Manchester in October, and that's fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't it's really, that. really. <laughs> <laughs> I we're, did not just, we're not just going to get you. <laughs> just saying, just saying. But the the other yeah. thing, the second point about the the festival, the kind of festival circuit as well, is that if like we can all agree essentially that if you're a UK comedian, the goal is to take a show to the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's what, but Leicester's that's what after it. Leicester's the biggest one. But after it. The, all of the other all of the other festivals, what they do is they give the opportunity for an act to yeah. take a full show yeah, and exactly. do a full show yeah. in a festival. So that no matter where you want to end up, if you want to end up in, in Edinburgh, if the, if the goal of your show is to do it in Leicester, yeah. and if we're finding more and more this year, there's a lot of acts who are saying, I've got this show, I'm doing it for the last time here. Like, this is the show that I started in Leicester last year, yeah. and I took it to Edinburgh, and now I'm going to do it one more time in Leicester, I'm going to finish it, and then also during this festival, you get to see me do the first iteration of my new show, yeah. which I'll take to Edinburgh, and then finish that in Leicester next year. That's great, yeah. I've also seen Leicester yeah. preview around this year. Yeah. People talk about in, in January doing a Leicester preview. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, yeah. I'm doing a show, but I think it's down to the awards at Leicester Comedy yeah. Festival. Means that it actually now means that you can get some real kudos off the back oh, of that. Massively, massively yeah. off Leicester, Leicester, Brighton now as well. And Glasgow, Glasgow's a big festival. Brighton's now. a bit expensive though, isn't it? It's, yeah, but it's Brighton, isn't it? It's quite posh. The general festival circuit means that comics like, say, Lauren Patterson, who lives in London, who, who's you know taking gigs in London as much as she can, can also gala London come up to a festival that's happening and try the show that she's putting together and put all the material that she's trying in the smaller gigs in London where she is in a bigger show. Do you find when you're getting applications in for spots and for people to come back, do you think awards matter to you as, as well? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that more useful than say a TV credit then, getting people? I'll say yeah, I'll say awards, yeah, awards. 
especially recognition, say, like Leicester Mercury is huge. To have that in your CV. It, it depends is, what is award. I, I don't think yeah. you're selling out any theatres with Hulk Comedian of the Year, you know? <laughs> no. But, but I think, but it depends, because I think for, <laughs> for, for Hulk Comedian of the Year. Maybe in Hulk. Um, maybe. <laughs> but that, I mean, particularly as, you know, as someone who, who promotes in Leicester, to be able to have an act and say, this act was nominated or won best, whatever. Mm in you know last year like Rob Kemp who was nominated for best debut show last year you know that's on his posters for his show this year and his show this year is so light yeah it helps yeah. plug, yeah, yeah. It helps plug it. Yeah. if I'm say with Lucy like she's, she was voting for best debut show but now I've gone to other festivals or to people looking for solo shows if I can go she was nominated for this yeah. people straight away go alright so she's nominated by a big festival and you're going yeah especially anything Foster Prizes up in Edinburgh are yeah. worth the weight in gold and mm. like if you win the Leicester Mercury you look at Tom Little now Tom Little's yeah. flying and he won it and it's it is certain things but like Red said over yeah. two I, I comedian of the year I still rate people being funny over awards. Yeah, yeah. Know, awards TV credits but if I, as an actor playing it depends what you apply for I think it depends on the awards yeah. because like you said like, yeah. so there is a pecking order of awards mm. but yeah. also if, you're a, if I was applying as an actor to close a gig I'd rather have I'd see on Mock the Week or whatever on my CV but I think in Edinburgh I think having an award at Leicester Comedy Festival audiences romanticise the idea of discovering something at Edinburgh so if you're a TV actor at Edinburgh you will get an audience of people who like you and want to see you but no one's going to go to see you in Edinburgh because you've been on yeah. television. Yeah. Whereas mm. they will think they're discovering you if they've not heard of you before. Mm. But it, it's been, oh, it got awards at Leicester Hall, Greater Manchester, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's just the context. But equally, for a festival, coming back with why a festival developed a scene, back to the original question, mm. as an act, I personally think that doing a festival is awesome because most of my gigs are the middle spot on the opening act. No one is there to see me, they're there to see the headliner. Mm. If I go to a festival, it is so cool seeing 50, 60, 70 people who've come, come to see, see Alex yeah, Hillman. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, for my ego, for whatever, but also to give me the platform to talk about what I want to talk yeah, about yeah. and not have to play to someone else's room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is what my audience are like. That's awesome. It's as closest a, you'll get to be Jimmy Carr at the moment, isn't it? Until you get there. You know what I mean? You've, yeah, you've got exactly. your captive audience yeah. over there to see. And you, you get to find out what like your demographic looks like or whatever, yeah. or nonsense like that. As a promoter, running shows at a festival, it's an easy way to promote someone else with all the hard work for you. Mm. And as an audience, you get to see people like Jimmy Carr, Sarah Millican, 15 quid, but you get to discover some new stuff and acts that haven't been to a town before. So, that ask you a question, Jeff? Sweet. I want to very quickly touch upon the recent move of equity in terms of saying that if you're taking money at the door, every act should get paid on that bill in some capacity. And I wondered how that was affecting the Midlands uh, as opposed to how it's affecting London. It's not. What are they going to do? Well, this is the thing. Are you, are you being talked to, to equity? Because at the moment it feels like the comedians are having a chat with equity and promoters are... I'm, I'm a member of equity. I'm yes, a member I'm of equity. Yeah, yeah. I, I love equity. I think it's fantastic. I think there's room for all sorts of nights. You know, so for instance, last night uh, I ran a Dead Cat Comedy Club at Brewdog. Brewdog, um, just down the road. Guys. I think it's Brewdog now. Um, we saw that we had we had seventy people in, right? And it was a showcase show. Now the acts weren't paid, but this is the the reason it wasn't paid. Obviously, I'm paying registration fees yeah. and whatever. I'm taking a hit as a promoter anyway. But the main reason they weren't paid is because it was a fantastic opportunity for anyone who's got a show at the Leicester Comedy Festival in the next two days to come and do a blinding set to over like 70 plus people and uh, you know fly them on the way out and we got we had Steve Bajaya, John Pearson, wow. Fran Jenkins and Alan Irwin who's over from Northern Ireland and they were all fantastic and they loved that opportunity and now they're going to get a few extra people in their show tomorrow or the day after. I mean I've got to, like I say I've got nothing against helping spots I know it's needed in the industry 
but it's it's like don't charge for an open mic. Don't charge for an open mic. That's simple. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's like if you get. I mean, I've been called the Bono of comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, there's been worse things to be called. You know what I mean? But like, it's like I think yeah, yeah. You know, it's like like say it's like because I try and get since I started, I asked how crap the industry was and everything else. And I've been in green rooms and people are just like not talking to each other. You know what I mean? You're thinking shit, and, and like like Reg done a couple of my gigs and that as well. And I think the thing with my gigs, all the acts know they're going to get paid. The rooms empty, they ain't going to say, "Well, sorry, mate, we've met none on the door. You ain't going to get this, this, that, that." And it's a nice atmosphere in the green room and everything else. And all the acts get to talk to each other and they all have a laugh. Progression. Uh, there's got to be open spots for progression. I understand that. But there's, there's got to be. It's like with this, this equity thing now. I know where I'm from. I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for it. But like you, like you, you, you have progression spots and you do give progression. Yeah. That's the thing. Whereas you got you got some of them. They'll fill the room up with progression spots. Yeah. They, never. Well, they never like, hear off again. I, I resent the idea of paying for someone who I've never seen before. Yeah. You know, like you, there needs to be a tryout spot at some point. Yeah. Or you know, I give yeah. enough to see other people. You know, yeah. to see other acts out gigging. And that's, so that's a good way of seeing people. But like, I hate the idea, because there's plenty of amazing acts out there that I've never seen, but I'm not willing to part with, you know, 100 quid of cash, because not, not because of their ability, but I don't know their style. I don't know what room suits them. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I think it's silly to, to pay someone professional See, work I, if you've never seen them. Yeah, I got rid of all that trouble. The venue give me a budget, I pay the acts. Yeah. The venue deal with the tickets, I don't touch them. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. You give me a budget and that's it, so. A promoter should make money. A promoter shouldn't make money if an act is out of pocket. True. Because yeah, yeah. I think if you were a pub landlord, yeah. you yeah. wouldn't go, well, the bar's not making much money, so I'm not going to pay the brewery. Yeah, 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 I'm not going to yeah, pay my staff. Yeah. Well, for, well, so that's the comedy festival, I cover the artist registration fee. Yeah. You'll See, feed in, yeah. you'll help out. I, I think as long as, long as, as long as the act who's going to do a gig somewhere knows the financial situation and is happy with it, then that's fine. You know, yeah, yeah. Last year, uh, Tom Little did Prop Funny, and um, I was asking about other gigs in Leicester, and Jason said, "You should talk to Dave from Comedy and Cocktails." And he messaged me about it, and I said, "Yeah, I mean, you'd be more than welcome to come down, but this is how it works." And he said, "Oh, I can't really travel without like, you know, the guaranteed fee at the end." And yeah. I said, "Well, that's fine. No worries. Yeah, you yeah. know, go go do a gig somewhere else where you can get yeah. that. You know, whereas other people will go, yeah, sure, no worries." And I never made money from comedy and cocktails. Like my buck, I did the bucket speech at the end, and I said, "Give enough to cover the travel and the enjoyment that you've had from the acts, yeah. and if there's enough in there that I can get a double cheeseburger on the way home, I'll be happy." See, with me, say budget of next week's eight hundred quid. Three hundred goes to the Atlanta. Two fifty this time is going to the opener. Hundred in the middle, and I'm taking hundred fifty. And that's seventy-five bits of bucket, yeah. and seventy-five bits of MC. Yeah. So it looks like you're sometimes it'll be two hundred, sometimes, but it gives me the room to go. Yeah. Well, if I want someone better, who's going to cost a little bit more? Yeah, like, yeah. I can yeah. Book yeah. But you're, like, you're MC, you know, so you, you're you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're just sitting back, going, yeah. "There's fifty quid for you, and I'm having hundred and fifty. You know what I mean? You're you're actually doing doing your you're, you're doing your bit on stage. You're working as far as I'm seeing. I'm not interested in. I know of bookers in the past. I don't know, probably still is, but I know of bookers in the past who have got a grand of venues. I'm not going to mention names, but we know who he is. Got a thousand pound off a venue and booked acts for fifty quid each and kept the rest. And he's isn't he dead? For <laughs> and no one's still going in there. Oh, me right. new, someone me else. New, new Don't worry, guys. One of them's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was, oh, that's wrong. Yeah. That well, I was talking to an act the other week, and he said that they'd done a gig for someone. Yeah, it's a, it's a paid gig. They said they've sort of got and done it. And at the end of the night, just give them a tenner. And they went, oh, right, okay. And they said, well, 
because he'd been paid something like four hundred pounds for the venue, this that the other, yeah. and he said, "Oh, a tenner." I said, "Well, yeah, why?" He said, "Well, well we thought it was paid." He said, "Well, you should have negotiated that before you started." Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I've, had, I've had bookers come back to me with my acts. Well, a booker, thankfully, they're not running gigs anymore. But they came back, they booked my act in for one hundred and fifty quid, and then on the day, messaged me when they arrived and said, uh, "We haven't got many numbers in, so it's just going to be a hundred. Yeah. And I yeah, messaged yeah, back yeah, saying, "No, before. it's not." No. I said, exactly. "No, it's not." You've legally agreed. Thankfully, mm-hmm. my wife's a lawyer. So she, she worded it quite well. <laughs> to see that background, it's a legal binding agreement. You don't, you can't do that. It's unprofessional. And they spoke, you're never going to get work off me again. And I was like, well, oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. well, let's see. I'll take the 150. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the personal favourite of mine was someone on the comedy collective about six months ago said, <laughs> set up a, Sorry, I'm sorry. Which is the worst answer to the It sets up online to, I've set up a new at night and the but the venue can be 15 quid per act to buy a drink and some food. I think the act would like pizza or curry, and the first reply was, I think they'd like a quarter of a tank of petrol. I think it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sort my dinner out before I leave, but that's I think it's my cost to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> like, what? Sorry. <laughs> he was asking like what cuisine they prefer. <laughs> As if all comedians are like, well, we're curry people. Aren't we? <laughs> we're clearly curry people. Don't be ridiculous, comedians are pizza people. Pizza people. <laughs> That's a good point, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my experience is just, all comedians are vegan. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a quick shout out to Pizza's Pizzeria. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, amazing venue. Um, yeah. yeah, They have sheds for toilets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if anyone wants any gardening equipment. <laughs> Downstairs, uh, there's literally a bath full of logs. Not them sorts of logs. Just uh, not, the, not, uh, in the t- not in the shed. That's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a very weird charity do, <laughs> Just, well, just, to, just to, to offset what I've just said about yeah. uh, getting paid by the yeah. away, Peter Pizza actually sponsored the festival and given all the promoters some free pizza vouchers. Uh-huh. I'm getting yeah. paid a pizza, which is also, fun. also, guys, Brewdog. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes, Hi. and jokes on us. Yes. <laughs> but mainly Brewdog. <laughs> uh, we've got to end because we've got about two minutes left, but I want to quickly go around because I ask every guest that comes on this, and I just want to have a very quick answer from you guys because we've got about two minutes before we have to finish. But who do you think is the most underrated person in the Midlands circuit? In strictly yeah. Midlands? Yeah, well, not London, let's do it that way. Oh, okay. That's so everywhere apart from one yeah, city. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I think, um, I think if that... If we're distinguishing the two, yeah. I so. think that Danny Clives is incredibly underrated, but I think he's mainly underrated by himself. Which is not helping him at all. No. He's got a very unique style of comedy. He does. A, he's got a very self-deprecating style, yeah. which is really, really good to watch. But I think he believes himself when he's on stage, which doesn't help him sometimes. Last week I seen Danny Dunny got uh, headlocked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He got yeah. headlocked by a, by a chap who went to the toilets. He's yeah. got a lot of stories. Got threw him off a little bit. That <laughs> I'll I'll go on just to, just as if I um I'm currently living with him actually. I'd say I'd say Rob Mulholland. I think I think he's yeah. I think he's a cracking act. Um, he's doing a show as well next week, uh, and it's at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brewdog, yeah, no, you're right, yeah, no, it's a Brewdog, you're right, yeah, no, silly that, isn't it? Next Friday, guys, get a ticket. Uh, it won't be out by then. I'll tell you what, it's, it's a real shame that Red Redmond couldn't do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> My just sent someone from Brewdog. <laughs> Midlands-wise? Midland for me, two of it, can, my it can be industrial or comedian, whatever you want to. To my, to my ex, Lucy Thompson, who, well, she's not really <laughs> underrated, she's getting a lot of praise. Um, Freddie Favell's fantastic. Um, but on my, I'm missing because favourites or anything, but on my ACC, Stephanie Lang. Cool. I think Stephanie Lang is. All my acts are fantastic, good. but Stephanie Lang is. She's doing uh, very, a show with Jokes on Us. Yeah, she very underrated. <laughs> and where she, how long she's been going, but she's been going. No, no, it's not. It's not no, no, okay. <laughs> um, 
I just feel like you have to mention it every time. Yeah, I agree. Keep it going, guys. Keep it even. I think there's a couple. You mentioned industry. I think Jason Neal, who runs Pop Before Equality, as a promoter, runs just a lovely gig, and he's got this amazing ability just to find 50 people who all really want to see comedy every single month. He's a lovely And also, as an MC as well, he's like highly bookable and just doesn't get the the recognition that I think he deserves. And secondly, I think Rob Kemp, I think is someone who maybe within a year from now might not be underrated. Yeah. But it's been like, just so creative, off, such a wonderful season. Really I, mean, I think he's, he's got a couple of shows, like he's got two solo shows that are going to be sort of touring over the next year that I think we're all going to be talking about. So for, for me, being not so much underrated, but uh, people don't tend to, like, Safety to Nipper Thomas, I've got to mention Nipper because like everyone, I mean, he's been going for 40 odd years and like people won't put, people think he's hacking everything else, but he's, he's done our rooms, he's absolutely stormed them. Which is a bit, you know, it's like, say so you look at the crowd now, you look at you like, you're going, oh, it's like, I think Nipper, Nipper is really underrated, isn't he? It's, cause he does, it's, he's played, I mean, the last gig he done for us, he opened, he done about 40 minutes. The crowd just absolutely loved him. And like, people have forgotten oh, now, because he's old school and, See, you know. If I was a closer, I'd go mental. Will Will Frank was closing that night, so it was, it was just, you know, it's one of the. But, um, but I say, I mean, Nip, Nipper. I mean, Nipper's got again a lot of flack as well. He gets a lot of flack off, off, off quite a few people because he's outspoken and that. But he does, he does. He just storms the rooms, tough as it seems. He storms, you know what I mean? So you know, and then of course you got, um, you got. I've got to mention incognito. Oh, I've got yeah. to mention Cogsy, because I, I, you know, I, Cogsy, I, I, every opening night I do, I try and get Cogsy on, because I think he's just, I've seen him do rooms with like young kids and everything else, yeah. and then I've followed him to Manchester, and he's done a room full of like, there's like 60, 70 year olds, and I thought, women, yeah. I think, ain't gonna work. <laughs> and they've come out afterwards, and they're shaking his hand, and shaking my hand, and everything, he's just, cool. you know, that, that, that was two yeah. at the minute for me, I think. Awesome. So. All right, well, thank you very much for taking part. Um, and yeah, if, if you want to hang around afterwards and have a chat, that'd be great. But, yeah, oh. Cheers, thank you very much. Thank you Hello. Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed that. It was a long and hard edit because there were so many different voices at so many different volumes just to put into one file but it, I think it came out really well and I'm really happy with it and I enjoyed hearing more and more about the community up north it really made me happy to see people working together just because they love comedy and they want to make some stuff happen and they don't just care about the bottom line don't get me wrong they all don't want to go into debt and they all don't want to like blow all their life savings on trying to make gigs work but they all want to make sure that everyone has an equal stab and everyone has a chance and just the element of giving people a chance to get on stage and try stuff out and it, it's just inspirational the way that the Midlands circuit uh, and uh, and slightly further north than that as well talk about comedy I love it it just makes me really happy to know that exists as I said it's it's, it's a bit more cutthroat in London and it's not the nicest environment sometimes but this was so good to hear and so lovely for me to just listen to about four times over in the edit so I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it gave you a, a perspective and, and also it's just nice to have a laugh with some promoters I know and just some lovely people who, who love comedy just everyone everyone felt just so less guarded than some of the London acts and, and promoters and I, I just feel it just made me want to gig up there more and it's what I'm going to try and do so Thank you for that. I'm sorry if you see me more often and you didn't want to, uh, Midlands people. 
but that's what I'm going to do now. Uh, as soon as this is finished, I'm going to go and book some gigs. Thank you very much to everyone who took part. Red Redmond, Adam Rushton, Alex Hoyton, Dave McLuckin, Glenn Gaddy, and of course, Sam and Jeff at the Leicester Comedy Festival office, who helped give me the room and the space to do this event. So thank you. As well as Peter's Pizzeria, who gave us the venue space, and just everyone involved you've all got an email from me saying thank you and I, I can't thank you enough i really can't because to 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 give up your time to have a lovely chat about the comedy industry doesn't happen very often and these kind of people in a room is hard to get so i'm really proud of it i hope you got a lot out of it if you would like to learn more about the leicester comedy festival you can hear a podcast i did with jeff Rowe. if you just scroll back in the episodes or if you want to learn more about more midlands chains i did an episode with mark from the glee comedy club and you can find that if you just scroll back a couple of episodes also please join the facebook group it's called rc industry podcast and it's on facebook of course it's the best place to find out about live podcasts when they happen and when i announce new guests which means you can ask your questions to the guests so if you want to know when that happens that's the best place to get that information please join up we've we've hit a thousand members guys it's flipping amazing i can't believe it we're we're well over a thousand at this point and i'd love to keep expanding the community so if you want to be a part of this community that wants to talk about the industry and have open and frank discussions about how we can improve things and how things are just what what things are happening in the industry themselves please join up because that's the space i'm trying to create for that thank you very quickly I just wanted to tell you about some dates that I'm performing live. So if you wanted to come down and support me in real life, that's a way of doing it. And you can also drop a donation in the bucket if it's a bucketed show or just slip it into my hand if you don't want to put it into the bucket and want to have two separate transactions for the content that I provided either online or in real life. God, that sounded clinical. I'm sorry. The dates you should be interested in for this month are the 11th, 18th and 25th, basically the next three Thursdays in May. I'm doing the Brighton Fringe, but I'm also doing the Friday, the 26th in Brighton at the Carolina Brunswick. All the Thursday shows start at 7.30pm, the Friday show starts at 6.15pm, and all the details are on my website. So if you have a look in the show notes, you should be able to see it there, or you can go to simonkane.co.uk forward slash laughter is the best placebo. If you're not down on the coast and you're more up in the sort of Midlandsy region, I'm also doing a work in progress in Derby, at the Derby Fringe, on Saturday the 13th of May. Again, all the details are on my website, but it's at 7pm, and you can just reserve your ticket or whatever on the website so please come please support me there that would be invaluable and just amazingly helpful and it's also bloody lovely to meet people from the podcast so please do come down and support me if you can thank you very much for listening uh thank you very much for donating you can donate via the website on paypal or patreon i'm not going to go into detail of that because this exit is taking longer than i was expecting it would do but essentially if you enjoyed this you want to give me a quid Go to my website, click on the PayPal button and chuck it my way. No donation is too small. Believe me, no donation is too big. Anything you have which would be useful, that would be amazingly appreciated. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for donating. And I'll see you all in about 15 days time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.